the American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that silently spreads, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. We must take America back as liberty weeps. Our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of the National Intel Report on this Wednesday, 16 December. 2009, and you thought you weren't going to make it through the year? Congratulations. You got more of the same stuff coming next year on steroids. I have with me Alan Watt. Cuttingthroughthematrix.com is his website. Uh, Alan, how you faring, my friend? Oh, just battling away and uh, keeping the place warm as it can be with uh, about a foot of snow, a ten below freezing. Because of all this global warming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard Al Gore lost his stuff over in Copenhagen. Uh, well, he lost it. He was caught today uh, giving another lie out. The North Pole ice is going to disappear in five years. And the guy who did the study for him got up and said, I said nothing of the kind in my report. Oh <laughs> that my, was at the meeting. <laughs> oh, my God. Did, did The last time somebody challenged Al Gore, the last I heard, what was it, last week? Uh, he was at... Uh, some book signing, some event, yeah. and about a hundred people descended on him and said, "Hey, Al, you're full of monkey milk." He panicked, ran down the alley, jumped in his limo, and drove off. Yes, it's a one-sided propaganda field for these guys, and they can't take the heat. What's interesting too is that another conference in Copenhagen, one of the leaders at the, of the IPCC was doing a book signing ceremony there too. Uh, the, all the big boys do their book signings over there. And uh, a journalist during question period asked them about all the emails that were leaked and would have any effect. Uh, they got an armed guard to take him out because he asked that question. A United Nations armed guard. I, I saw that. Yeah. I, I saw that video clip. As a matter of fact, I think we had it posted on the website yesterday. Yeah, um, there is some... Alan, I, last hour you weren't around to hear me say this, but... I'm, but the the reason that I called you to be on the air today, I've got, I, I, I don't claim to be psychic. I don't claim to be a soothsayer. I, I don't have the ability to see into the future. But I am feeling some really funky stuff coming our way. I, I, are you kind of getting the same feeling? Oh, I have no doubt. I have been following it and... You can predict because if you read all their articles and their books over the years, they're simply following something they wrote about an awful long time ago, to the letter in fact, and you're seeing the full implementation of what used to be called the Communist Manifesto. Um, 
uh, right now, uh, you've got to understand even Marxism. Marxism was based on the theory of uh, materialism, and he said that the only production really comes from, from labor. Now, you, you simply, he also talked about the transference of wealth, the redistribution of wealth across the world into a world managerial class that would handle it all. Uh, however, you just take that, that labor equals energy, and how they compute the carbon taxes to take energy and turn it into carbon. This is how, how the whole... So basically, they're bringing in the same manifesto with another guise on it, a scientific guise, you see, to confuse public, the public, to redistribute the wealth across the world, and it is all equally poor. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and just imagine the poorer countries even getting poorer than they are right now. We think we're in bad shape in this country. Oh, brother. Get ready for Real Talk Radio. You're listening to the National Intel Report with your host, John Statmiller. I saw that you were on uh, Alex Jones' show today. Is he, is he allowing you to say that you're on this network and you do a program uh, every day, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Central? Is he allowing you to do that yet? He doesn't give me any instructions. Um, and generally... Uh, when he phones me up, it's, it's a sudden you're right, you're right on the show. So it's whatever you're doing, you just stop. And to be honest with you, I, I don't even think of, of this. Wait for the, the questions coming, and I just answer them. Well, next time you're on there, why don't you do that? Because he's included you in a lot of his videos. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you um, you do some production of stuff, but you mainly. Uh, get your funding and to, to heat your, your cabin up there, up, way, way up north. Um, you're not in this for the cash. You're in this. Oh, no. In, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm not even breaking even, to be honest with you right now. Yeah. Well, and, boy, you know, I, I know what that feels like, by the way. And plus, uh, I've got, um, see, I can only upload shows and do shows by uh, satellite internet. ExploreNet's the only company uh, Canada, Canada can use. ExploreNet is a subsidiary of Hughes Industrial Corporation. They have put me my speed down by over half in the last five weeks. Really? Yeah, I can't even download my own audio from, from a show as I'm doing the show. And they've had me going round in circles. I read an article the other day that uh, Britain, now this is part of the Commonwealth countries, remember Canada, so Australia, New Zealand, and so on, um, they're doing this to people they don't like being uh, with, a, with a voice, basically. They're covertly just telling the, the providers to cut back the speed, uh, give them interference, give them the runarounds, and I have been picked for that. So I'm just crawling right now, just trying to get the shows up. Well, uh, have you had any thoughts of coming down south of the border here? I have, in fact, because, uh, to be honest with you, there's, nothing, there's not much left to save in Canada. Most Canadians are even uh, further gone. Uh, than the U.S. In the U.S., you have more radio shows. Here, we're in La La Land. We're in Happy Land, actually. We, we get happy news, generally. Lots of trivia. And uh, we don't get anything about what's really happening in the world because the, the British Empire led uh, the charge for this, this unification of the planet, as you know with your history. Uh, the, the British Empire was to be the embryo, according to the CFR, uh, of a world government. And that's what they based it upon. So uh, the, the idea is to gradually, through the two, three generations, 
get the public not to even get involved in what's happening in politics, to accept they've been governed, and that's what they mean by governance. When you use the term governance, it means there's a special class dealing with all the big problems. Don't worry your little head about it. Just go and play. And that's been very successful in places like Canada. Yeah. Well, but they, they are uh, they're going after the hate crimes up there, uh, the laws that have been passed. Yeah, they have for quite a few years now. They had that passed here about four or five years ago. And, and lo and behold, with all of what was heard and seen and done, uh, they just had to get it done in this country. Yes. And and I, I'm I'm telling you what, uh, I that was a blip on my radar. I took note of it, but I've not changed a damn thing that I do on air, nor am I ever going to change. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to stick a gun in my face and say that no, oh, well you're you're uh, you're radicalizing or you're a hate monger or you're hurting people's feelings, hey, mm-hmm. tough noogies, this is America. Get What's over. even more astounding is that the United Nations in one of their own documents, talk about the hate laws. And what they say technically, when it comes to writers and authors, uh, in a multicultural society or world, no one has the right to be offended, which totally contradicts their hate laws scheme. Because some people seem to have more rights in this world than others. You know, And uh, uh, it's okay for some groups to hate, apparently, uh, and give out their, 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 their view on things but all the rest are not, and, and that's literally what you have here. Yeah. You know, I was looking at your site. <laughs> uh, the uh, verse here, Copenhagen 20 sweet for those in deal, salivating over the cash they'll steal. Capitalists and socialists come together where profits and power merge and tether. We're about to be plundered again, alas, to ward off effects of a minute gas. By high priests preaching climate salvation with fudge data, mainly confabulation, from anointed computers way above max, which spew out everything, excluding hard facts. Oh, save us, sterility, death and abortion, cry of social utopians, their worldview distortion. One thing for sure, there's no reliance when politics and finance are driving this science. <laughs> That's a beautiful piece. By the way, uh, I'll volunteer. Uh, I'll be your point man here for your relocation. Anything you need, you just pick up the phone. You want to get the heck out of Canada and come down here you got high speed, no problem, man. Yeah, as, because as I say, it's, um, they're really pushing ahead here in so many ways, copying Britain. And people have no idea uh, that Britain that leads the world in this, how bad it is in Britain right now. It's, it's, uh, you, you can't, it's even beyond... The communist or the Nazi police state is beyond it. Where are you originally from? Scotland. Scotland. So, and you still have friends that are over there in the Isles, yes. so to speak. And you've got first-hand knowledge. And, and we only get a tith over here in this country of what's actually going on in England. But every time we see one of these draconian little things pop up, we remind people if it's happening in England, you know, people, people, Alan, would think, hey, you know, oh, gosh, that happens in California. Well, they're just a bunch of nuts out there on the left coast. Yeah. And we would tell them, hey, if it's happening in California, it's going to be spreading through the states. But as country to country, all you have to do is keep your eyeball cast on England and what's going on there. It's happening here. It's already transpired in Canada. And the disease and the cancer is spreading. They're putting uh, television cameras in people's homes by governmental Proclamation. Uh, that's what they do in Britain. They proclaim things, and that's it. 
and uh, thousands of people already have them in their homes, in, in their bedrooms, uh, in their hallways, in their living rooms, so the government can make sure that the children are being brought up properly. That's what they say. Uh, not only that, uh, there's an army of children now. There's, there's town councils and city councils hiring thousands of children, uh, 11 years old generally, uh, to go around spying on the adults to see if, if they throw away their parking tickets, to see if they litter, to see if they fill up their dustbins and, and do it all properly, right stuff in the, in the right dustbin, close the lid. It's a massive fine if you don't close the lid. The people are terrified of the children now. Uh, well, yeah, and, and we saw this in this country when they started with the U.N. rights of the child. Mm-hmm. When, when that started to happen in this country, it snapped my head around because legally, by law in this country, we're responsible for our little adults in training until the age of 18. After that, hey, uh, they're their own person recognized by law. Uh, but I saw this starting to come around, and I thought what they're doing is they're trying to pit the children against the parents. It's an old, old technique uh, to, to raise one generation with a, a heavy indoctrination, a scientific indoctrination, as Bertrand Russell called it. And he had the first authorized experimental schools in the 1920s to try and alter one generation in that school to be completely different from their parents. And he said by the proper scientific indoctrination uh, from kindergarten onwards, He said, the children will not listen to their parents. All morality, the new morality, will be given by the state. He said, it's successful. That was back in the 20s. Well, they've been doing it ever since. And he said, that way, the morality of the parents um, will not contaminate. The old morality will not contaminate their offspring. Well, and uh, and I'm old enough. Uh, I'm a child of the 60s. I was born back in the 50s, but I grew up in the 60s. And what I was indoctrinated with back then, Alan, was that, well, having property is a crime. Uh, mm-hmm. Free love, you know, hey, you know, trip out, smoke out, whatever, yeah. and free love. And, and then we saw the heavy hand of the women's movement come in in the 60s and into the 70s, which was a furtherance of busting up the family unit. Yeah. The, the, the home. And, and Alan, believe this or not, I, I've said this on air, and I've never gotten one angry call or one angry email or one angry letter. And I have said on this program that the mistake that this country made, you know, we had women's suffrage. I said that the problem we had at that point was the women having the vote. And, and this was nothing that they are a lesser subspecies, less intelligent than us manly men. It was the the way this country was set up, the way that women were respected and held out of the fray. The man was the caveman that went out and, you know, had the club dinner and drag it home. He was the one that took all the world had to offer while his wife and his family were in their small little castle being protected. So we roll in and... That was the problem. See, that was a problem to the whole communist uh, movement was the, remember it was part of the, the planks, one of the planks of the manifesto was the destruction of the family unit. And they said they'd have to literally encourage women uh, to a revolution. They love revolutions. Most revolutions are bloodless. I keep telling people that they're bloodless. And uh, they used an old technique um, of going over the heads of the men. Uh, we know that Bernays, the guy who uh, they say gave America the 20th century its uh, commercialized culture, the buy, the buy, buy, buy stuff. 
Bernays was heavily involved with the U.S. government uh, during, the, uh, during his whole lifetime. In fact, he helped uh, drum up the reasons for World War One and World War Two to get the, the U.S. into it. They needed wars, he said, because then they get the women into the factories because there'd be a shortage of men. When they get them into the factories, they'll start to empower them. That was the, t- the term they used. Rosie the Riveter. What they said was, if a man is not married to a woman and is bonding there with, and they have children, then, and then there's nothing for the man to stand up and fight for. Understand? That's been very successful. The guys have nothing to fight for now. Well, I like, I, I love the days where men were men, women were women, and cars were cars. We'll take the break here. Take your phone calls as well. 800-313-9443. Alan Watt is my guest. Cuttingthroughthematrix.com is his site. Here is that clip uh, that um, Alan Watt mentioned earlier here. And it is on the website. Uh, let me play this quickly here. Uh, this was, uh, well, before all that starts, this is Professor Stephen Schneider's assistant requested an armed U.N. security officer who held the filmmaker, uh, Fella McClear, uh, Mc, yeah, or out, no, McAllier, oh, what a name, ordered him to stop filming and prevented further questioning after the uh, press conference itself uh, where the Stanford academic was launching a book. And here's what happened. What do you think of the behavior of of Professor Phil Jones in asking colleagues to delete emails and and the destruction of of publicly funded data which was gathered by public funds? I don't know what he asked, what he said. I don't make comments on redacted emails presented to me by people whose values I don't trust. I would have to see the whole thing, so I cannot very well comment. What I can say is that private communications that people have between each other certainly are not, uh, are not uh, public documents. And but, we the, 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 say, but the university has confirmed they are accurate. They, everybody says privately... Uh, well, now, let me, I agree, we'll, we'll make it short. They were trying to take his microphone away from him during this as well. And he's sitting here and he's just waiting for uh, a follow-up question after the little conference broke up. If you don't shut that off, I'm going to take it away from you. Sorry, this is so we are the press. I don't care. Okay, I have to shut it off. If it happens again, take it away from you. You're going out. It's down in the stage. Somebody needed to kick that. That was some UN security guard, a little, a little sergeant. I would have kicked his fat, dumpy little butt right there on the spot. And and the last exchange that you heard on that was actually somebody else that was filming. The the photojournalist that was there, he had the cameraman shut it off. Now, folks, this is supposed to be a warm, fuzzy new world where everything is based on trust and mutual agreement and and we're all going to work together. These are absolute tyrants that don't want to be recorded. They do not want to be held accountable 
to what they are doing and what they are saying. Alan, this... Um, this I remember, too, that, that uh, the U.N. runs NATO. It runs so many different organizations, the Ministry of Agriculture for the, for the whole planet. It, every department that you have in your federal government has a counter-department at the U.N., it uses the term democracy whenever it wants to invade another country. We're bringing democracy. And yet here you, are, you have at the heart of them a UN officer saying to, to the, I say, I don't, this guy says it's freedom of the press. The guy says, I don't care. You see, they're liars. The, the United Nations was never set up to be a democratic institution. It's a dictatorial institution and it's to be run by experts, it already is, who are simply telling us what to do and we're supposed to obey them. And if we oppose them, they just turn the guards out on you. You better get used to it because this is what's coming down worldwide right now. Well, maybe in their world. And, uh, Alan, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but this certainly wasn't the country I was born in. No, no. And this is not the country I'm going to die in of old age. But life has, in my estimation, from what I understood of freedom and liberty, my life has ceased to exist. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like the other millions of Americans in this country, like uh, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And, and, and people had better start grasping that this move for a global government, which, by the way, the United Nations, uh, its secretary general has always without fail, been a communist. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, that includes the guy from, from Austria, uh, Cliff Volbeim. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he was a useful little character there for a while as well, but people do not understand. I mean, they, they see the, the loss treaty. Uh, the UN is going to be, well, they're going to be chipping everybody and tracking everybody, including, and if you think you go outside of the territorial limit of your own country, you're going to be tracked. Commercial traffic. Every boat on the ocean is going to be tracked. I mean, Alan, I don't think people understand really what, they don't. The, what the heck is going on with them. They, they really don't. The, the, uh, it's so interesting to read so many of the big players in, in the communistic movement. Many of them were multimillionaires, and folk don't, can't put the two together. In fact, the whole communist regime was funded by banks from the Western world. Even the Bolsheviks were put in from the U.S. primarily uh, to take over the Soviet Union. And they ran it uh, right through. 200 families ran the Soviet Union for its whole existence. And now they, they and they're all their offspring are running the Western world. When we amalgamated, when the wall came down, we amalgamated exactly as the Rees Commission found out was going to happen in their inquiry back in the 1950s when they talked to the foundations who said our purpose it's just so altered the culture of the West, especially the U.S., that it will merge seamlessly down the road with that of the Soviet Union. That has happened. That's what all these revolutions in the 60s and 70s and 80s were all about. The cultural revolution, same as Russia, the, the, the feminist revolution, um, the free love revolution. Uh, these were all revolutions. That's why Khrushchev said... In his trip to the U.S., he says the U.S. will fall without firing a shot. Well, that's the truth. Hang on. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
listen to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show. Mike, oh, by the way, Alan, uh, the old Hegelian dialectic, we have capitalism versus communism. But communism doesn't work because it's the state. Everybody is supposed to own equally. Everybody is supposed to pitch in equally. Well, we know that doesn't work. So the illusion that the grand masters of the world union are up to is, well, the illusion that you're still able to work and earn, but you are going to be taxed. You're going to be taking care of people in Zimbabwe or some dark, dank, third-world backwater country. The wealth distribution, that is called socialism. And this is what they're after, a socialist new world order. And, and it's purely Marxist. It's Marxist and completely in concept. And but people can't get their heads around. But why would the capitalists go along with it? And you have to read the top capitalist's book to understand why. And the, the man himself was Lord Victor Rothschild. Uh, he was also a, um, a scientist. He ended up being in top, the, the head of all the British security agencies during the Cold War. And yet, once he died. And once the Berlin Wall came down, and once we're all merged together, they could come out with declassified information in a book called The Fifth Man. And he can confirm all his whole life story. He joined the Communist Party when he was at Cambridge. He ran four or five spies or more in Britain. Um, he also eventually belonged to the Mossad at the same time. He, uh, he belonged to different organizations, and then he went back into the banking later on in his years. But he explained, uh, and by the way, his mentor at Cambridge was John Maynard Keynes, another top communist that gave us the Bretton Woods Agreement and when they took the gold standard off as well. And, and knowing full well what was going to happen with the dollar because it was debt-based currency. Yes. So here's, here's Lord Victor Rothschild who said, he said that the old world state will wither away right out of the Marxist idea. Uh, but he said money can be anything. He said, serving the state with credits can be a form of money. Naturally, what they envisaged in this compromise, this coming together, the two systems, is those who have always managed the money system will still manage the new money system with the public-private partnership deals that you have, even though it will be a form of credits. Now, from there you, join, you jump to, Lord, to, to Bertrand Russell, Lord Bertrand Russell, again a man who is all for this whole scheme. And he said that eventually this, everyone will serve the world state and you'll be issued credits from the government or an institution on behalf of the governments. Everyone at the bottom level, the masses, will get the same amount of credits every Monday put into their accounts. They'll all be on the same level. You cannot save it up. And that way, uh, at the end of the week, if you haven't used it all, it disappears come the Monday, the, the same account goes back into the same numbers for everyone. You know, it's fascinating to me. I mean, looking back in world history, uh, there was one continent at one time. It was the Pangaea continent. Mm -hmm. And their, their ideology, even though the people still have the illusion that we're in separate parts of the world, we have different culture, different language, these people are setting up the economic and cultural one continent, even though we're separated by language and seas and everything else. People, Alan, years ago, 
when I would talk about the New World Order, the immediate response from the press was, oh, you're, you're one of those you're one of those extremists. You're one of these nuts. All the while that they're talking in their own language mm-hmm. about setting up their global government. Yep. But yet I was just uh, a disenfranchised and uh, unappreciative person. I even had these people, Alan, three of them come down to New York, to Texas, when I was at an expo to, to specifically corner me. And, and they were almost pleading with me that, you know, we're not we're not arguing with anything that you're saying, but you've got to adopt the approach that this is not a long-term planning goal. You've got to take the view of accidental history. There was just circumstance that we're taking advantage of. And I looked at these people after an hour and a half. I finally looked at them and I said, gentlemen, I said, I think your job is done here. I am immovable, but I thank you for your time. And, well, your effort has been um, uh, genuine. But I'm not biting. Thank you very much and have a good day. They never bothered me again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had so many people try to have me adopt the accidental view of history that there really is not a global one world conspiracy. Yeah. That they, they quit trying. Let's go to the phones here. Mike in Ohio. Hello, Mike. You're on with Alan Watt. Oh, in Ohio here? Yeah, you're in Ohio. If I'm here in All Texas. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, John, first thing, I want to thank you. And, uh, for running, uh, it seems, it's inadequate just to say thank you, John, because you are, whether you know it or not, you are running a 24 hour a day university for those who want to learn. Uh, last as, night, as, I, a, as opposed to the university of higher level where they have the stores of knowledge, you know why the university have all the stores of knowledge? The bright people show up and then they leave it there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's different from it's, there's not an agenda for your university to just, other than just, the free, truth. just freedom and liberty, and get the hell out of my life and leave me alone. Last night I called Alan Watt because I was kind of curious about what they do up in Canada as far as owning firearms, and uh, after he'd explained about all the permits and everything, and I asked him about a bear, he said, in "Canada, you have the right to stand there and be eaten alive." And that made my mind roll. I started to think. I thought about that all night long about uh, how people take the Second, Second Amendment here for granted. But yet there are people right next door, uh, all the way around our borders, who don't have that right. That's right. That's why. That's why the destruction. And I, I, I'm sure you'll agree with this one, Alan. That's why the destruction of this country necessarily had to take place without standing and exchanging rounds. Mm-hmm. Because we have 200 million Americans, and folks, there's a hell of a lot of hunters that are very familiar with 30 out rifles with big scopes that can pick a dingleberry off a gnat's butt at 500 yards. There's a reason why we had to be destroyed, not by force. And you're exactly right. By the way, I wanted to tell you, Alan, I don't know if you remember the quote uh, before the big to-do here. We had uh, Nikita Khrushchev that made his little appearance here in America, and, and one reporter had asked him, well, Mr. Khrushchev, what about the communists here in America? And he, he smiled and pursed his lips and feigning, you know, finger, index finger over his lips as if to say, shh. He said, here we don't call them communists, here we call them liberals. That's right. And how many years later we have people running around proclaiming themselves to be liberals. They're progressive thinkers. They're progressive people. 
they don't even know that they're the carriers of, of Marxism. Yes. You know, and, 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 and folks, you, you, you think you're looking into the future by looking at Barack Obama. You must understand this, that this man is the right time for their agenda in this country. Because what has he just done? George Bush started it with a little bailout for the, well, the banks and some of the companies are in trouble. Look at what Barkey just did. Nationalizing, taking over, government making decisions. And, and it's a strange mix, Alan. I, 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 at times, it's pure, out-of-the-box fascism. Mm-hmm. Other areas, it's socialism. Other areas, it's communism. Hell, I don't even know sometimes when I look at this, I don't know if I'm looking at an ist or an ism or just a flaming idiot. You have to look again at, at uh, the Fabian Society. That was a technique that was to be used in the Western countries, and it's been very successful. Uh, step-by-step incremental in, uh, changes in the, the cultures of the public and the institutions, gradual socialization. But remember, the technique was to blend the Soviet system with that of the West, eventually, according to the Rees Commission, 1953, that was done. And the big foundation leaders that were funding all the, the far-left movements uh, had an investigation done into them uh, and the Rees Commission to see why they were funding what seemed, why were these multi-millionaires with their foundations funding all these Marxist organizations? And Professor Carl Quigley said in his own book, uh, Tragedy and Hope and the Anglo-American Establishment, being the historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, he said, he says, there's a lot of truth in this, he said. He said, um, th- th- their goals are very, very similar. It- it's a combination of fascism, as I say, where a fascist Darwinist elite, once you've proven their right to rule over the rest through generations, uh, will rule from the top an expert society with masses of bureaucrats uh, 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 hired to manage all the public down beneath them. And that's the combination of, of a fascist system and the communist system. Communistic for all those on the lower level, the masses, as they say, and, and fascist for those at the top. That's the perfect Fabian socialist society, the merger of the two. And that's what Lord uh, Victor Rothschild was talking about. And it's an excellent book. It's, called, it's by Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, The Fifth Man. All declassified stuff now that Rothschild's dead. And, and you know something with these astonishing announcements by declassified government information from MI6 and MI5, no one cares. No one cares. Mike, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, yeah. hey John, yeah. uh, I wanted to uh, mention to Alan, Alan, if, uh, I hope you take John up on his offer to yes. uh, come on down here. If you need any, any sponsors, I'm sure we can arrange to have a whole list of sponsors for you if you need it. I'd appreciate that. Tell you another thing, too. They are going to go after even the wood fires up here till you're forbidden to heat yourself with wood. Well, and, of course, that's putting all that carbon dioxide out there. That's what yeah, but you're way, you're way up in the toolies. There's not even a gas pipe near you, is there? That's correct. And even if you do heat by oil, it's, it's twice the price of, of what you'd pay in the States to heat yourself by oil. And even then, by the way, three years ago, they decided, the government decided, the federal government decided you need a permit of inspection from government agencies to inspect your, your furnace, your oil furnace, to approve it. You have to pay for them coming in. You pay for the inspection. You pay for any alterations, upgrades, 
you pay for the, the, the guy to come in again and inspect it and approve it. Then you're given a permit so you can buy your oil and stay alive. Mike, thanks for your call. I appreciate that. And I might uh, bring out the call if, uh, uh, if Alan is staying one step ahead of the New World Order. Uh, it's, it's here. Yeah, it, it's in full bloom here in the United States, but at least it's better uh, than Canada or England or any place else. And I, I tell people, you know, Alan, people have called me and told me that, you know, I had to get out of the country. And, and I say to them, you know, well, what do you think you're doing? If you're just carving out a few years until you go back into the earth and become dust once again, that's fine. But uh, if, if, you're, if you're running from the New World Order, uh, I would stay here and try to restore the republic in this country because we're the linchpin. Once this country goes, so goes it all. Absolutely. The U.S. has been the greatest friend to this whole system by fighting all its wars, which were conquest to take over and promote the U.N. socialism agenda. We have two more wars to go, one with Iran and one with Syria, that was put out by the New American Century Group. Once that's finished, they want to flatten the U.S. back home. They're already starting the flattening process through the, the incoming carbon taxation. Everything you purchase will have carbon taxes attached to it in the purchase, everything. Well, uh, do you see actually an agreement of any sort, or are they going to have to drop back and regroup in Copenhagen? I am, we can't ever think these guys are stupid up there. They have incredible tacticians at the top. Uh, they've got all the, the guys, the Brzezinski types work for them. Uh, the, the, the Kissinger types work for them. They have so many think tanks. They know our, uh, psychological tactics to use long-term, short-term. And the only thing that really stopped them is some kind of um, waking up process or even a, a kind of spiritual, uh, that's one thing they were terrified of, was a spiritual reawakening in the U.S., that was their big enemy, was the religion. That's why they had to attack it so, so viciously and incessantly with, from Hollywood and so on. Uh, that's what they're afraid of. But you're right. The U.S. is the only place left, and most don't know it, where they have any rights left at all, and they're losing them so fast. <laughs> right quick. Um, I remember when the Berlin Wall fell. A lot of the dumbed-down masses were celebrating and taking shards of the wall as a momentum. And this was great because Russia died, communism was dead. And I remember hearing out of West Germany, although heavily muted, these people were taking in the East Germans that were, from the day that they were born, were staunch communists. Yeah. And all of a sudden, West Germany is flooded, and that was a capitalist system, if you will. Mm-hmm. But they were highly disturbed that these people were coming over from the East. And it wasn't just jobs and economy. It was philosophy. Yep. And the, the West Germans were freaking out. Yep. They're going, wait a minute. Uh, we're not sure the wall wasn't a, wasn't a good idea. It was not uh, unpassable, but it was more of a psychological barrier than anything else. And when that got let down, I remember thinking to myself, Alan, there it goes. There it goes. And then Gorbachev gave his famous speech to the Politburo. He said, shortly, shortly, and this is, this is um, you can find this from the Toronto Sun. Eric Margolis was the 
foreign correspondent. He wrote the whole article uh, in a speech. He said, um, Gorbachev said, uh, shortly you'll hear that communism is dead. He says, don't believe it. Then he, he went on to expound how communism was moving into the next phase of the merger and infiltration of the West as the two come together. He says, it's the next, the next step of communism. Now, uh, with his head of his own particular parties in the world, he's, always, he's involved with this whole IPCC thing at Copenhagen. He's promoting world socialism. It's in the newspapers. He keeps saying it's world socialism, and that's what he's promotion, promoting. That's what they're calling it now. This is, this, I, I still cannot believe, and, and I am not going to put myself in a position for apologizing for the millions of dumbed-down uh, and I, I hate to say this or think in these thoughts, but the useless eaters in this country that have forgotten what an absolute, I mean, and, and this, Alan, this has never been done in recorded history, that we had a free market society with a government that was supposed to guarantee certain rights. And and it was it was the quest of mankind for thousands and thousands of years to bring about a functioning society based on a rule of law. And it was fair to the mostly, it was fair and equitable, and you could become the captain of your own ship, the king of your own castle. And that we had the ability to talk and communicate and contract and do what we would in our lifetimes according to what our own specific needs and our own agenda was. But they had forgotten something on the way to this wonderful prosperity. They forgot what it was like to make sure that that was there for our prodigy, the success of generations yet to come. They went to sleep. They got Absolutely lazy. Plus, they stopped teaching the history to the children, yeah. and they replaced it with, with uh, a new doctrine, basically based on John Dewey, and globalism. The one thing I wanted to bring up to you, um, you saw the European Times uh, story about uh, U.S. Northcom and Barry Sartoro here working with the Air Force General over at U.S. Northcom. Uh, and this is, uh, folks, this is uh, about six weeks away by January 30th of just next January. I'm talking about the end of January. He wants a million more soldiers at the ready. And according to these reports, he has been in constant contact with the Pentagon and U.S. Northcom preparing for civil war in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see this coming. And I myself, Alan, as many years I've been doing this, as many years of you, you've been doing this, I, there's a part of me that still does not want to believe this. But I had to reach out and, and email Alan Watt today to get you on the program because I see this stuff coming rapidly. It's so easy to bring on. Uh, all you need is another real or fake crash. We never know what's going on because it's all planned. Uh, we see the effects. But again, reading over many of the papers from the 50s and 60s uh, from the different communist books that were out there, published, by the way, in New York, most of them, on behalf of the Soviet Union, um, they talked about ways of creating revolution within the United States, physical revolution, uh, if things had to be done that way. And they talked about creating a massive welfare system, uh, causing a crash, withdrawing the, the money, and what, waiting for the chaos. 
and then the chaos would ensue. And as you know, the communist idea was to come to the top during these periods of massive turmoil. They come in as the saviors, restore uh, some kind of order that people would sigh with relief, and then they'd really go at it and implement their whole system and their dogma. Mark in Texas will make you the last caller today. Mark, hello. Hi there, gentlemen. How are you? Hi. Well, um, what's interesting uh, regarding the Gorbachev uh, comments in the Toronto Sun is that he knew even then that the communists had simply changed their spots simply Mm -hmm. by changing their names, which is a common tactic used uh, with this group throughout history. Since, of course, the Administrative Procedures Act of 1946, we've been on a rather accelerated course to uh, form what we have today, which is a communitarian system. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a question for you, Alan. Uh, first of all, do you concur with that? And then secondly, do you think the fat cats that uh, suppose themselves conservatives and uh, that are doing very well in this welfare economy because welfare goes both ways, yeah. uh, corporatist as well as the, uh, the Democrat flavor. Mm-hmm. And it keeps Do you think that they're going to be immune from uh, being taken down themselves in the final end game? A lot of them think they won't be because at least in their, and this is the psychopathic t- mentality, um, they look at their own lifetime, basically, not even their children, some of them. And they have been promised that they'll be part of, of a, a governing structure during transition. Uh, they already have perks that you don't even know about. For instance, back in the 80s, Canada and the States uh, passed laws that all politicians, all top bureaucrats, and their families were to get special uh, hospital treatment at all mil- top military hospitals. The general health system was not good enough for them, and no one asked anything further. So they get a lot of, a lot of perks and benefits. They're brought in on the know, as you might say. Once they come into the know, they believe they've made it. They're, they're, they're going to be saved, you might say, and indispensable to the system. But uh, they will be in for a shock because when they find out, they're not as, as um, needed as they thought they were once the, the big boys really take over. Yeah. Mark, well, anything else? Well, uh, just that, uh, you know, when I think about all the fat cats that could be doing something mm-hmm. about what's happening in our country that have their heads stuck in the sand because yeah. they themselves think they're part of this elite group that's going to be part of the new uh, philosopher kings taking over. They eat their young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it just it saddens me to no end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I mean, I, uh, I applaud what you do, John, and you too, Alan. Uh, I, I just wish there was more that I, I, I could possibly do except speak up and lend my voice. Well, and, and this is all about education. Mark, thanks for your call. I really do appreciate it. This is all about education. Uh, I mean, we're not going to be able to stop the fat from getting in the fire. It, that is not going to be possible. They are going to accelerate their agenda. The thing that, that struck me, Alan, about this is they could have waited till you and I and maybe the prior generation here, wouldn't be too many years, we'd be gone from the face of the earth, and they could have this without any contention whatsoever, not only in this country but worldwide. Yep. But why are they so stupid and arrogant? Why? I mean, do they feel that 
they have revealed enough that they can't lay back and then just wait till the the people in this country go through the stupid schools and the stupid universities and keep voting for stupid people like Barack Obama? Why, why didn't why didn't they stop and just hold this in abatement for another 20, 30 years until they could walk in and do this without uh, anybody with a, giving a, at least a whimper? Part of it, part of it is, is uh, the unknown factor, the X factor. During a period where they're not pushing ahead, uh, then who knows what kind of idealism might emerge from a, a source that was not under their control. That's one thing. But the other part is they literally go by incredible business plans, long-term business plans. That's where the world is. Uh, you know that in communism that there are 5, 10, 15, 50-year, 100-year plans. The United Nations publishes reports all the time with the same type of agenda. Sure. We'll have this done by 2050, this done by 2060. They, they literally have a timetable, and they stick to it like any top business leader. And when they're, they really work hard to make sure that the populace is ready for anything at all that they're prepared psychologically by the propaganda media. Well, and so they're always pretty cocksure they can pull it off. And they're pretty sure now they can go the whole way. We are the X Factor, and we are the only ones standing that is going to be able to defeat that in this country. And make no mistake about this, folks. We beat them here. We've got a good chance of beating them everywhere. We must stand. Alan, give me a call when you're ready to take a move. We'll talk about that some more. Throw another log on the fire. Alan Watt will be up in just one hour on the network. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for having me on. Okay, sir. We'll see you tomorrow, folks.